With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon is well on his way to college now. I talked a little bit with him, but haven't gotten a status update on how he's doing with the move-in, but that should have been today as long as anything disastrous didn't happen. But obviously, it wouldn't. otherwise, he probably wouldn't have been talking to me so casually about random baseball video game knowledge, but I'll digress. We are here and we are vibing with you because you are vibing with us to start here. A little bit of a quick belated happy birthday now. I believe it's a belated happy birthday. Let me double check. I only caught it, just caught it today, and that is the birthday of Cal Ripken Jr. Of course, had an incredible career his birthday was august 24th so this is a belated happy birthday to cal ripkin who turned 62 yesterday he spent 21 years of course in major league baseball all 21 of those years with the baltimore orioles he finished with a rookie of the year 19 all-star appearances a world series two mvps eight silver sluggers and most importantly known will always go down probably honestly yeah he will always end up the greatest iron man of all time 2632 consecutive games played and of course retired his number eight jersey for the baltimore orioles in honor of that we're going to jump around some injuries across the league um figures no better way to honor the league's greatest iron man but we're going to start over here with a New York Yankees story as yesterday we didn't get a chance to cover it, but nasty Nestor Cortez, he is on his way to the IL with a groin strain. 
right after they got Giancarlo Stanton back. So, you know, the injury list rotation is really starting to cook up here with impact players. They get Stanton back, lose Cortez, and they're talking about this guy on, you know, more than a 10-day situation here. We're talking, they're hoping to get him back to throwing within the two, three-week timeline that they have going on right now. But what this has really done more than anything has exposed a very interesting strategy employed by the New York Yankees of late, which is to get these guys throwing and running, doing all of their activity right after their, these strains very quickly and very aggressively getting back into things the day after he went on the IL. So today uh, before their game, Nestor Cortez was doing sprints and did some throwing work ahead of this. Now that's very unusual. The majority of the time, particularly with baseball, because it's such a burst sport and you can, with those sprints, you can aggravate that type of thing so easily. You tend to go for a very aggressive shutdown, not have them do anything, very minimal movement for those first week or so, and then start to build a guy back up. And, you know, as much as they're going to get criticized for this, because if it starts not going well for some guys, they're going to look the fool. It makes a lot of sense because, you know, if you're able to pace him out in a safe and smart, efficient manner with this, then it's going to mean less of a struggle for him both to get time-wise to get ready and physically doing the rehab once he gets back to feeling good and once that groin is back at optimal capacity. And the bigger thing for me, particularly with the pitchers, the fact that you're getting the guy throwing consistently means he's not going to have that cold stretch where he has to build back into it with those bullpens. He's going to be hitting the ground running as soon as he can start doing more strenuous work. And keep in mind too, this, this wasn't a major effect for Cortez. They of course picked up on it in the first inning of his last start and he ended up going six innings. I believe he allowed two earned runs. Um, So great start from him going in here, but Either way, you know, this is going to be a very high risk, high reward type scenario with the way that they're managing this injury. And that definitely needs to be noted and talked about as we follow this story. If he comes back on time and looks good, then, you know, this could very well turn to be more and more of the norm going forward. On another Yankee story that I thought was kind of interesting that came up earlier today, reports are coming in or continuing to come in about the potential Pablo Lopez deal that almost happened out of Miami, sending Pablo Lopez from Miami to New York. And what it's sounding like here, and I'm very excited. I'm going to write this down for Brandon to react to when he gets back, because this just kind of follows more and more into the trend, into the storyline that we've talked about time and time again, where the Yankees are unwilling to, make the risky move they're unwilling to make the sacrifice of their depth of their future to secure the present and you know that also as i get into this you'll see that might not necessarily even be the case where you're you're even sacrificing the future because some of this very well might not matter there was these talks apparently were largely centering around glaber torres 
in exchange, Gleyber Torres and Oswald Peraza in exchange for Miguel Rojas and Pablo Lopez. The Yankees rejected the offer, according to Ken Rosenthal. Now, thinking this out, again, keep in mind, they already had Montas and they were able to get Montas without having to give up either of their top two shortstop prospects. This would have sent one the other way. We have to start this whole thing up by talking about how big an opportunity Pablo Lopez would have been, not only just for momentum's sake to be able to add this guy, but here's a guy who has three years of service time going into this season. So he's going to have two more years of arbitration left on him for the Yankees before they have to sign him up to a new deal. And more importantly, he's been darn good over that stretch, a career 393 ERA as a young guy, 366 ERA with the Miami Marlins this year and 8.7 strikeouts per nine. This guy's just continually looks better and better. And, you know, this is three straight years around that three between three and three, six for him. If he levels out there, he's definitely a major impact player for this team for a number of years going forward. If they were able to pull the trigger on that and that longevity is such an asset. And then looking at, what they have to give up makes it even more ridiculous here. Glaber Torres, a guy who, you know, has struggled. It has, or I shouldn't say struggled, but he's struggled at times and has also not been a clear guy to get into the lineup time and time again. I'm trying to pull up his stats right now. I don't have those pulled up, but Currently with a 107 OPS plus, that is below his career average at this point. That's now three straight years below his career average after a terrific 2018 and 19 campaigns, both of which saw him get his two all-star appearances. He hasn't been the same guy since. And now you're talking about a situation where, you know, you've got roughly the same amount of time on Gleyber Torres as you did on, you would on Pablo Lopez. And Pablo Lopez has shown to be far more, he's learning a lot more and he's far more consistent and he's consistent on a very good level. That's not a level you're seeing from Gleyber Torres. And then when you add in here now, keep just sorry, I just pulled this up to keep in mind. This is a Pablo Lopez who has not fallen below a 111 ERA plus over the last three years. So, you know, he's been consistently at least 10% better than the rest, than the average pitcher in the league. That's a, that's a darn good place to be in. If you're looking at your two or three in your rotation, which he most certainly could be for the next four or five, three or four years. And then even with Glaber Torres, you say, okay, but that leaves a hole open at second base until you consider the fact that Miguel Rojas is still a two war player. This is still a guy who granted having a rough year to say the least this is a guy who did hit 300 in 2020 he's flirted with it and on three other seasons he's been within at least i mean again we're talking about within two percent of that number is pretty darn close this isn't an above average hitter but he does 100 percent provide value and that's why he's been a, a staple of this miami franchise since 2015 that's why he's been around and gotten such consistent play and rollout with them and will continue to do so long-term. Why would they get rid of him? You know, he's not getting any younger, and I'm sure 
at this point, if they got their opportunity to get what they could have, which is Oswald Peraza, who would have finally secured that shortstop spot that they've been desperate to get a handle on for the last three, four years. If they're able to lock that up, they're going to risk moving on from a guy who hasn't necessarily been the perfect producer there could go over to New York, play a good short, play a good second. You can also move uh, DJ back to second full-time and Miguel Rojas could easily provide more value than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa can in that situation. So your options are really good there. And Miguel Rojas clearly gets a shot at a ring, which is ultimately, you know, the best thing that Miami could do for him at this stage of his career. But ultimately this all comes down to Oswald Praza, their inability, unwillingness to give him up to get the big deal done. The deal that they kind of set themselves up to get ready for, with this team and then now all of a sudden this group looks kind of incomplete without Jordan Montgomery they aren't they aren't fully the super juggernaut that they could have been and they're not the juggernaut they would have been all because they botched this deal centered around Oswald Peraza now keep in mind he is their second shortstop prospect in the system you can only have so many of these guys and when you're a team like New York Yankees you have the money to go out and play around with depth. You know, you only have a couple more years till Anthony Volpe will be up and ready. And I think you're perfectly fine waiting for that at short. You don't necessarily need Oswald Peraza right away, but if you want him to be your third baseman down the line, that's fine and great, but you have to expect you're not going to put yourself in the best world series position for those next couple of years until he's actually up and he's ready and he's producing along with Volpe. But if you're willing to sacrifice him and say, we'll figure out those other infield positions as we go, we're willing to spend the money to do that. The one we care about is Volpe. Then you have clear championship aspirations right now. It just feels innumerably silly. The more and more you look at the specifics of all of that, but in reaction to another injury here, of course, Byron Buxton goes to the IL in a thing that was absolutely inevitable. Actually, I believe we discussed talking about it the other day and took it off the docket just because, you know, that's kind of just the natural way of things for him. It just doesn't feel like news anymore. But Billy Hamilton is headed to Minnesota now to give them a little bit of depth in that outfield and particularly in center field while Byron Buxton is on the 10-day IL. This is a team that's still chasing the playoffs very clearly right now. And A hot Billy Hamilton could definitely play a big role on that. You know, this is a minor league contract, but, you know, gets a good start here. All of a sudden he's going to be able to come up and provide value while Buxton is out, use that speed, use that defensive ability. And just a a good couple weeks from Billy Hamilton on the offensive end means a lot to a lot of teams because that's where his value really shines through is in those couple hot, moments that he inevitably has to have as a baseball player. So I don't know. I just think this is a really smart deal for him, a smart move for the twins to bring in a guy like this, who because of his natural athleticism can be such a difference maker in that right moment. The Phillies today also have a- activated Bryce Harper and he will be set to play on Friday for the Phils. This comes on the 
edge of the start of a the edge of the start of a I was about to say this is this comes off of a win against the Reds and then I remember that it's the opening night of the series so he will be starting in this series against Cincinnati certainly a good warm-up for him but they win tonight for nothing even despite having other roster moves like as I will quickly mention here Zach Wheeler moving to the IL kind of explaining his 4-4 ERA since the beginning of August I believe or at least his last three starts has been a 4-4 ERA things haven't looked right for him clearly this tendonitis that he's jumping off the team for is a big reason behind that and ultimately it's kind of definitely be best to give him that rest because if you can get Harper back use that momentum to carry you you're going to be able to make the playoffs here if you're Philadelphia and once you get to the playoffs if you're able to get Zach Wheeler right Zach Wheeler is a clear you know he's a clear one or two on every team he's in terms of statistically he should be a one he's easily above the top 30 pitchers in the league when you consider ERA strikeout percentage all of that stuff it he isn't the he's he's no scrub he's no bum he's not somebody you want to certainly not somebody you want to face in the playoffs so if you can give him the time to get right get healthy get rested that's going to make a big difference and ultimately him going to the IL kind of felt inevitable with the amount of workload like or the amount of work he's done is the correct phrasing that I was going for there with the workload that he's been given in Philadelphia these last couple of years it really it's really inevitable I mean this guy 71 innings over 11 starts in 2020 followed up with 213 innings over 32 starts three complete games two of which were shutouts for the Phillies last year he was an absolute workhorse and he's continued that in every sense of the word this year through 23 starts guys as we talked about yesterday aren't meant to or two days ago we talked about it aren't meant to last that long and we need to be very realistic with all of that but Bryce Harper coming back definitely fills a little bit of that void and will be better off for this team and we will move to one last um passion project of irritation for me let's talk about james paxton as james paxton of the boston red sox will officially not pitch this season as he has been diagnosed with a grade two lat tear this of course is the guy who the red sox gave a 10 million dollar guarantee that's a six million dollar salary this year fully knowing that he would probably not be back until at least june or july from his tommy john surgery they were hoping that it would be on the early part of that and he'd be able to help push this team into the playoffs again that's clearly not been the case here as his work got delayed and delayed and delayed and now all of a sudden he gets diagnosed he comes down with this tear of his lat that will end up putting him out the season. But the only reason I want to bring this up before we head on out tonight is because this is kind of the dumbest contract I've ever seen or not ever seen. That's, that's, um, that's overhyping it, but you know, you give him 6 million this year, that's fine. But why on earth are we adding a bunch of extra years to this? 
you know, this could have effectively been a $26 million deal off the top because there were a couple team options or club options after this that could have happened. But the way that this all works out is if they don't, if they decline the club option, he gets a mutual, a uh, player option for 2023, just 2023, not 23 and 24 that he can take for 4 million instead of the 13 million that the club deal was. So that's kind of where it stands. Obviously the team's not going to want to pay him 13 million, but they're still going to have to pay him 4 million to come back next year and have not pitched in two years. Odds are, I would be shocked if he was worth the 4 million. I think you were really pushing it with him being worth the 6 million as he hasn't had a standout season since he left Seattle at this point, the first time. So this is just, again, poor move here for Boston and they're going to end up really, you know, they're going to end up hurting. He's hundred percent going to be in the rotation next year as they'll only have two of their current rotation members back or not, excuse me, not two of their current rotation members sale and Pavetta are the only locked on guys here that are going to be there. Of course, Brian Bello will probably keep getting work or Bayo will keep getting work because he is one of the organization's top pitching prospects and kind of ha- deserves that opportunity. Cutter Crawford at this point, you know, he's getting to the point where he can convince me that he's worth that opportunity to an extent as well. Not as much as Bayo can with those 22 strikeouts over 22 innings, but we'll definitely see either way. You're talking about Rich Hill, Michael Walker, and Nick Pavetta, all probably on their way out the door this offseason. Rich Hill in particular had some interesting words the other day as he's considering a move where he's not even going to look to sign potentially this offseason with anybody as he really at this stage in his career still feels he has more to offer to the league, which is 100% correct. You know, he's better than the 468 that he's got going right now. He can certainly give you a lot better than that in spurts. He can give you a three ERA in spurts. So what he's opting for potentially instead would be stay home with his family, give himself a couple extra months rest, and then go mid-season June, July, and join up with a contender, try to get a World Series here late in his career while he still has the opportunity. So ultimately that means this, this isn't going to be his swan song, but I doubt his swan, his uh, farewell tour will end up being in Boston because this team's not going to be a contender next year by any means. So you're definitely going to have James Paxton, whether he's going to be good enough to be there. I'm not so sure after all this time, but you know, time of course will tell in the meantime, the Red Sox have managed to lose yet another extra innings game after loading the bases in the eighth or ninth was the last I checked in on this game. And yeah, this is, this is not good stuff, especially as the Yankees are routing the A's right now, which it's all just, it's tough to see. But the good news of today's games, to at least touch on those a little bit, Mets get back on track here with a 3-1 win over the Colorado Rockies. Jacob deGrom came out today. Jacob deGrom saw. Jacob deGrom conquered. Six innings, three hits, one earned on a home run, and it was an absolute shot by Ryan McMahon. I believe it was the longest of his career or longest since like 2014 off Jacob deGrom. 
it it was an absolute it was a bla- it was a blast and certainly not not a pitch he was deserving to get anything less off of certainly his one mistake of the night but that doesn't change the fact that he struck out nine over those six innings and during all of that went into the fifth inning with another perfect game continuing to prove he is the best player in the game and he is still 100% must watch television you still if you get uh SNY you turn the the Mets on when he's starting there's really no other option but that will be it for tonight please make sure to follow us on all our socials at MLB Daily Pod and we will see you manana Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.